Hello everybody and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League podcast. We are here for episode number 19. I got it right this week. I always, I never remember and this time I got it right. Episode number 19 and it's a big one. It's, it's really is. We, we spoke about, we, we spoke about finals time and crunch time a few weeks ago and media credited and everything all the big news for personally for us last week Robin but we have got some serious serious playoff talk to sort of get into obviously yeah. there's a big game between Halifax and York that we need to sort of get out of our systems as well between the two of us um, but before we go anywhere we just need to wish Toby a very very happy birthday um, Tuesday evening it is Toby's birthday today and he is out on a triple date with two friends his girlfriend and their partners um, yeah, so that doesn't mean he's on three dates. <laughs> he's not doing three different dates. <laughs> that's well. That's what I thought. I thought, wait, you're going on three <laughs> three dates for your birthday. You are a lucky man. Um, no, but he is. He's he's out tonight, so he won't be with us. But he has already told us his set of six predictions and the score that he thinks the grand final were going to be. So we're going to get into that a bit later on. Um, sort of tonight's um, topics. We've got the League One playoffs, the Championship playoffs, the Women's Super League grand final review we're going to talk about that you were there robin i can't wait to see what you thought of the, the day itself as yeah. well as just the game obviously the massive one is the super league grand final this saturday uh the night of recording is the super league awards so we'll go through who we think should win those awards but by the time the podcast is out those awards will have been awarded so we can see how how right we were um in terms of those we're also going to talk about bands and NRL and rugby league and Super League bands and championship bands that will go into the World Cup and how that will affect your World Cup squad. So John Bateman being named in the Knights squad um, and is it Gil Dudson? I believe Catalan will miss all of Wales's games now because of his three-match ban in the World Cup. Um, but before we get into all that, I need to ask you a very important question, Robert. Um, how, are, how are you? I'm, yeah, I'm good. I've had a really um, good two weeks. Uh, I've actually managed to watch uh, almost all of the games in in England. Anyway, not obviously only I'm talking about Super League level um, and the Knights match, but I feel like I've um, really got into the finals this year. Um, get you know, I know that we're covering it on the Biff, but it's just so good seeing these high intensity matches. Like I'm. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really excited for like how this all builds into the World Cup as well. Like it's, it's great to have so much to look forward to when you think that there's only really a handful of games left of the regular season or other, you know, outside of internationals. So yeah, I'm I'm super super excited. Yeah, what, I, what about yourself? I'm I'm buzzing. I really I was looking at this this week and going. I looked on the uh, BBC Sport website and I looked at okay, how many big games of rugby league do we have this weekend to do set of six and. We only had five. We've only got five professional games of rugby league this weekend across the world. Like in terms of yeah. what's on the what's on the BBC. Obviously, there might be some in France and other countries that we haven't seen. But obviously, we don't always go into those. And having those on set of six is a little bit difficult because we don't we can't really predict games. We have nothing to go on. Um, so obviously, I added the sub, I've added the Southern Conference League final that's going to take place on Saturday between West Warriors and London Chargers. So we, I can chat about that a little bit, but. I just want to thank the RFL for allowing me uh, to commentate on the London League Grand Final at the New River Stadium this weekend. Just gone. An absolutely fantastic day. Um, Brixton Bulls versus Elmbridge Eagles. 34-30 to the Bulls. 
six tries apiece, only one on conversions, like two two extra conversions um, for the for the win for the Brixton Bulls. And massive thank you to Danny Ward, who was my co-commentator and summariser for the day as well. Absolute pleasure to meet that man. Um, bit of inside knowledge. He hasn't been spoken to about any coaching jobs um, up in the north, so... Wow, yeah, that's a know. Biff exclusive. That is a Biff exclusive. Yeah, his words were, "It's too cold up north." <laughs> well, yeah. it's fair enough, but but to be fair, even if you coach a team a team down south, you still spend every weekend up here anyway. <laughs> exactly, <so>. exactly. <laughs> but he's coaching Roslyn. He's, he's coaching at Roslyn Park at Rugby Union at the minute, and his son is playing for Elbridge Eagles uh, Juniors and. For those of you that want to watch that game back, you can still watch it on YouTube live streamed and you can listen to my very dull sit tones um, commentate on that game alongside Danny Ward. But massive congratulations to Brixton Bulls on that victory. Well, should we get this bit? Should we get the next bit over and done with, shall we? I don't know. I, I think we should drag it out for as long as like as long as we can. Really, maybe we should spend an hour talking about it, play by play. Play by play. We'll do a play by play of the absolutely <laughs> embarrassing performance from Halifax Panthers second half at the weekend. Um, yeah, go on. Um, Halifax Panthers well, twenty four, York Knights twenty six. It was Halifax twenty two, York Knights twelve at half time. A first half hat trick from. Lachlan Wormsley and Kavanagh, uh, and the only thing that the only thing that Pat the only thing Pat has got in the second half was a penalty from Joe Keys, but mate, you guys tore us an absolute new one in that second half and just ripped us to shreds. Was that I? You, I know you haven't seen it, but from what you've heard, are you are you conf, are you more confident going into this league game than you were after the last league game? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's not that long ago that we suffered like a record defeat and then we turn around and, and this is the first Knights team that's ever won a championship playoff game. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody at the club was really expecting to 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 get a win, but you, you always give it your best. And I I kinda think we caught Halifax um off guard a little bit. I think they probably had their eyes on next week and the challenge that was gonna be facing Lee. And maybe they just were a bit too complacent. I think they, they got off to, to, like, they built a good lead at half-time, and I think they just thought they had to see out the second half. But having watched the highlights, it looked like all of York's chances really came off the back of mistakes by um, Halifax. So I think I think the difference was the penalties. I think that was literally... Yeah, it was, the, it was, kicks, it was kick, kicks at goal. If if Keys doesn't miss a conversion, it's 26-26. But Glover made up for his two missed conversions with three penalties. So it's yeah. like it, the, the penalty count against the Panthers on Sunday was, was atrocious. I mean, York won't have been happy with the way they played their first half. They played it very much. They It was really, it was really weird because when Ellis went off, yeah. it was like, okay, York have to come with a totally different game plan now because they're not playing as free-flowing. They're not spreading the ball. They're not trying to be as expansive. They're not doing things on first and second tackle. Like I think they came off a scrum, took a tackle, second tackle, it was kicked through for a chase. Like, we've, wow. we've obviously... And you're looking at that and you're going, okay, bloody hell, they're coming to play. So we've got to, we've got to back them up. Like we've, got to, we've got to prepare for them. But it just didn't seem like it was going particularly well even in the first half of Halifax, I kind of felt, I was watching it and I was thinking, okay, they need to really be careful here. Like, you need to come in, you need to do some big jobs and fair play to Joe Keys and Louis Giffray and Woodburn Hall. Like, these guys have been the core of that team for so long. 
this year. Like they they haven't really put a foot wrong this year. They've come in and we've played really well. I think we underestimated the likes of Liam Harris. Like I don't know if you've seen the final few seconds where where he gets the ball and he runs towards the Halifax fans and he boots the ball into the Halifax fans. At yeah, the end of the I, game. I, I did see that and um I think he has he has like got quite a lot of criticism this season so that was probably quite sweet for him but having said that I haven't I haven't seen that much from him that that you know I I think you're saying he was underestimated I think probably Rightly so, they wouldn't have estimated that from him. That was something that I've not seen so far this year. Mm. Fair enough, I've not been at every game, but I think it was just the right combination of York have got nothing to lose and they've just caught this Halifax side off guard and just been given so many opportunities. Um, it's fascinating. And, and to turn, it, it's, it saved me because, you know, that record defeat we had a few weeks mm. ago, it, I kind of thought that was it, but they must have they must that must have really kind of like shook them up and, and forced them to like reassess and prove themselves because they don't have many games left of the season to prove that they're worth keeping. So Yeah, yeah def- I, definitely. I mean you definitely you go into this game against Lee thinking, Okay, we yes, we've just got beat a hundred points to four, but we've also just beaten a team that had only lost once in their previous ten games. Like they'd won nine out of their last ten and only, Halifax had only lost to Featherston by two points because a linesman gave a, like the linos gave a conversion that didn't go over like yeah. it's like i've seen the footage and people have said look the kick didn't go over and they gave it um halifax would have got a draw last week against fev and that i think if if they don't have that then maybe they come into this game with a slightly different attitude because maybe, they've won their yeah. last 10 they're not thinking maybe in their heads and a lot of the fans that i've i've seen comments and stuff from halifax fans saying they feel like the rfl and some of the officials are against them and I think sometimes when you hear that from your fans, the players can feel it and it can sign, it can kind of trickle in. Whereas at York, there's no pressure on them, lads. Like, you finished bottom of all the playoff teams by quite a way as well. Not comfortably in the... Yes, comfortably in the playoffs, but not anywhere near... Not challenging. Yeah, not yeah. challenging. You are literally in no man's land. You're, you're well off the top four, but you're also well off the, 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 the like seventh as well. So yeah. you come into that and it's a total... And I've, I watched York versus Newcastle and we saw how bad Newcastle were, but I didn't think that day that York were particularly impressive, even against a team like Newcastle. Against Halifax, yeah. they didn't look any better than the way they were against Newcastle, but they seem to be playing... A, Halifax was playing like Newcastle. And I'm not knocking York for that. I just think maybe the mental... The way the teams went in mentally was the same for York as they do every week, but different for the Panthers. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think we can, as much as we credit in York, and they do deserve credit. I think this one, this is on Halifax. Really, they're the ones that have let the game go. Yeah, hundred percent. Another team that probably shocked us this week was Batley. They travelled to Barrow and did a number on the Raiders. They won eighteen points to eight. Uh, two tries from Leak and and a try from Campbell, and then three conversions from Tom Gilmore. Barrow with Samet, Johnston, Maludi, T. Ritson, um, Toll, Hopkins, like these Mossop, these guys should have been in there and absolutely battering Batley. And we said it earlier in the season when Halifax went to play Batley, this Batley team, I think at the start of the year, we didn't we didn't rate them that highly. No. But they've come no. in and they've 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 done fantastic but then again we didn't rate the Barrow team highly either. And I think they've had such a high season that they probably came into this game the same as Halifax went in. 
and they've gone, we can probably do a number here. We don't have to play amazingly well. They haven't played well, and Batley have, have snuck a win, and they now go and face Featherstone away. And quite frankly, I think Batley can, can scare Featherstone because Featherstone haven't been playing well the last few weeks, and they've had a week off. Yeah, so they they might not. Featherstone, the risk of having a week off is that you just lose all your form and you sort of, you're, you're out of practice and you're a bit rusty, whereas Batley are going to be pumped after that. And I think that, um, I think that I, I really like this Barrow side. I, like, I, 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 there was a, a lot of players, the, the fullback in particular, his name slipped from mine, but uh, he's always yeah. dangerous whenever I see him against um, York. Yeah, it's Chris Cresswell so as a fullback. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, I, I am, I'm, I'm, I was surprised by that result, and I, I actually think that despite the fact that York have kind of beaten a bigger side or, or more, a more, um, a stronger side this year in Halifax, I actually think that Batley beating Barrow is more significant because it was, it's, it's not such a shock that everyone, you know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. oh great, look what we did, but fifth, fifth, fifth of beat, sorry, uh, fifth of beaten fourth in terms yeah. of there's only there was only a point difference, sorry, between Barrow and York, but York sort of they sort of did it all towards the end of the season, whereas Barrow and Batley have very very much up and down that stage. Like what well, York fought their way up to there, and yeah. both both Barrow and Batley didn't really finish the seasons very well. You come in and you look at both sides on paper and you think. Barrow should win this with the players that they've got, but a lot of those Barrow players, we are aware, we believe, and some have already obviously confirmed their futures now that are leaving the club. So they were they were they weren't playing for anything because their their futures are already decided. Whereas Batley, a lot of these Batley players probably haven't had their futures decided because their season isn't over and they don't know where they're going to be playing next season. Yeah. When it comes to yeah, exactly. They they're playing for futures, whereas some of these Barrow lads know that they're going to be at clubs next year because they'll have been out of contract and probably signed deals. Especially the likes of T. Ritson and Maludi and Samet. These guys know where they're going. Like, mm. I think Samet's staying at Barrow. Maludi's going to France. Ritson likely going to be going to Super League. I I don't believe I've seen any news of him staying anywhere. I'm just going to have a look. Um, but I don't believe he is signed anywhere for next year. Um, and if he does, then yeah, it's it's going to be very, very interesting for him. You look at the Featherstone side now going into those semi-finals, they in their head have probably just prepped for Halifax for that first week because they know, they in their head they're thinking, okay, we're going to be playing Halifax. most Like, like I said, it's not a knock to York, but you expect Halifax to beat York on the seasons that both teams have had. Featherson have probably prepped for Halifax for a week and they've gone, oh, wait a minute, we now have to prep for York. No, sorry, we now have to prep for Batley. Do you do you think that Fev having only a week to prep for Batley rather than two will make much of a difference in that fixture? I don't know. I think if you're a, if you're a smart coach, the first week you don't focus too much on who you're playing because it is an unknown. Um, and, you know, um, Brian McDermott, is fantastic like he's experienced and i'm sure that they will have re they will have spent the last week recovering and sort of like working on themselves and i don't think that they'll be thinking about their opponents until until that result came through so i don't think it'll affect them too much um if, if anything i think when you look at the fixtures we got this week re truthfully it only further cements that it's going to be 
Liam Featherstone left over at the end of it when you when you think that now it's we've only got first, second, fifth and sixth left in the competition. Yeah. Um, but that, that's not to say that they're, that they're not going to push them and they're not going to challenge and we're not going to see two um, competitive semi-finals. No, exactly. We, we are going to see competitive semi-finals. Batley and York are not going to give up. We know the types of teams that they are. Uh, one thing for York, Daniel, uh, Danny Kerman is going to miss a game because of his dangerous contact in the opening stages of the game against Halifax. In my opinion, it's fully deserved. It was a yellow card offence. It could have been a red um, because of just the type of challenge that it was. But mm. with, with the, the yellow card, I believe, was, was perfectly fine. And then a one-match ban. So he'll miss that. Um, so his season, I believe, is done. Because I don't think he's playing next year. So unless you guys beat Lee, he'll be done for the year. Do you think that ill-discipline has been a... A sort of a failure for York this year because some of the games that I've seen you've struggled like the likes of Paulie Paulie constantly being yellow carded in games and like your forward pack yes they are big names and they're big players but they're, they're kind of a liability at times I believe yeah that's something that's one of the things that I've really noticed um, this year and I think it's actually been a trouble for a bit longer is like the discipline like we seem to give away soft penalties when we've, when we've just built up a bit of pressure and we've got field position, and it's and it's sort of time to knuckle down and like grind, and they just seem to give away a soft penalty, and and then they lose all of that like sort of pressure they've built up. And I think as well when they've when they've got frustrated, um, because I think actually York's got a team full of really good players, and yeah. I think so they've sort of underperformed a little bit in, in certain games. And I think when they've when they've been frustrated, that's when you've seen players get yellow cards. Um, and sort of, there's, it's not it's not just the penalties that they give away. It's when they get frustrated with the referees and the touch judges, and you can see their heads not in the game, and then the mistakes start to happen, and then and, and, and the opposition sort of makes makes line breaks that probably wouldn't have happened if we were switched on. So it's definitely something that's in there. Maybe it's maybe it's because they've got a lot of um, kind of older, more experienced players that. They, the frustration they're, they're not so good at keeping a lid on it maybe because they, they just expect the game to flow that a little bit quicker like it did when they played in Super League maybe I, I don't really know but it's definitely some of that I've noticed as well yeah um, another uh, we'll, we'll drop down to League 1 really really quickly the the playoff final isn't until this, the weekend uh, next to so the 2nd of October between Swinton and Rochdale you look at the table for League yeah. 1 and it's second versus fifth um six points difference in the tight in the league nearly double the amounts of points difference swinton a lot better defensively than rochdale obviously toby's not here we he knew we he said that the north Wales crusaders in playoffs are not good enough they never seem to be and, and i was half expecting them to actually beat um I believe it was Rochdale at the weekend, and get and get to that final and play Swinton, and that would be a really, really good game. Rochdale winning that game is sort of the same as York, York being Halifax. They've come in, they've got nothing to lose, they've beaten them, and now they've got to go and play Swinton for a place in, um, in the championship. I believe these are the two relegated teams from last year. With the promotion relegation being two up, two down, it's nice to see a new team go up, obviously, as we are aware. But do you think that one of these teams deserves to go up ahead of the likes of North Wales and Doncaster because of the season that they have they've had, 
Or would you like to just see one up, one down from from the championship to League One? Um. Yeah, because Keith Lee rightly deserved to go up, don't they? An, yeah. an unbeaten season. Unbeaten like, season. Top nobody's of the questioning. Yeah, no question. It's just whether um, with this, with there being such a tight gap between Swinton, North Wales, and Don and Doncaster, then you got Rochdale underneath that. Those those second to sit fifth are so much further ahead than everyone else in League One. But they're in like a little yeah. league of their own because I, do, I genuinely don't believe that they can beat the likes of, yes, Dewsbury and Workington are going down, but I don't believe they can then go and beat the likes of Newcastle, London, Whitehaven and Bradford, who are the, well, I say Bradford, Bradford finished well ahead, but Whitehaven, London and Newcastle. Like no, there's there's I, another set of teams there. Those seven teams, not Keith Leagues, I think they can do it, like Barrow have done, but those Dewsbury, Workington and then those teams in League One that I mentioned before, Swinton, North Wales, Doncaster and Rochdale, they're kind of in a little league of their own, aren't they? Yeah, and I, and I actually think that losing, like, so to me, I, I think Swinton, Swinton can go up and they'll do, you know, they might get one or two wins, so they're basically a like-for-like trade for Workington, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and they were only in Championship a year ago, so it's, it's sort of, it, it seems like, you know, it's okay. But I think that actually for the for the like competition as a whole, for the for League One as a competition, they they actually do better keeping Swinton so that they've got a bit more time to sort of like bed themselves into League One, build again and become like Keefley, and they don't have to face two new brand two brand new teams yeah. from the championship because then we, we might we get the run the risk of getting this yo yo where there's the four teams that are just constantly swapping between the two. Yeah. Would you like and, to see a playoff between the bottom or the not the bottom championship side, but the eleventh place championship side against as uh, the second or third the, place between the League One to see if then it's like a playoff game, if that makes sense. I think they do it in the German yeah. in the German football leagues, I believe they do something like that. I um it's hard because whilst that's like an incredible spectacle and it would be like really intense, it it's also dangerous to to play such a big thing in one on one game. I feel like there'd have to be some kind of I don't know some kind of system that means that nine times out of ten the the stronger team wins. But I I know it's hard it's hard to come up with. I think in my in in my eyes. Um, Maybe we could combine the two. We could have one down, one up, and then we review second place and second to last and, and kind of make a decision a bit like licensing and say, actually, it's the, the best decision is to keep things how they are or yeah. go, yeah, all right, go on, then we'll give, them, give this team a go. I don't know. I know, that, I know that that would be so controversial and it's subjective and would lead to, like, <laughs> probably riots, but... I think two or two downs, too many to lose out the bottom of the championship. Yeah, and especially with just 12 teams, right? Yeah, cause, well, yeah, there's 14 in championship, and then but then there's only 12 in... Um... 12 in Super League, 14 championship, and then 11 in League One. We, we, we obviously, we need another team in League One, don't we? It's, 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 you, you push two down from the championship and drop one of the, like West Wales Raiders or something. Sorry, West Wales, but I've, I quite, quite frankly, you've, you've shown us that you can't do it. Like... Cornwall are brand new. Give them a chance. Push two, and then you've got three leagues of twelve. That's that's the way you do it. If you if it was if everything had to run the same way, wouldn't it? But obviously, yeah, I guess so. IMG are looking at a fourteen team super league, potentially two lots of ten. It's, 
from what I believe, it's going to be a, they're looking at putting the fourteen team Super League in there. But then if you put fourteen teams in, you're putting two up, but then you've still got twelve and eleven. So you've kind of you've got to look at okay, how do you make twelve and twelve? Do you, or do you make it like a, a ten and eleven or whatever? You've yeah. got to you've got to sort of have a way. Uh, before we go into anything else, breaking news: uh, Bevan French is re-signed for Wigan for next year. So all those rumours about him going back to the NRL, no, he is back at Wigan for next year. He is going absolutely nowhere, um, and I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's absolutely massive for Wigan. Yeah, that's that's great for Wigan and for Super League because he's such a such a star. He's yeah. so great to watch. So um, that's good that we've been able to keep talent. Yeah, he is. He will remain at Wigan for a further two years with an option of two more. So that is a two year deal is massive as well. I think that kind of paves the way for Will Price or Kai Pierce Paul to head out there because um, it was very much of is Bevan French going to stay? Is he going to Newcastle? Is Pierce Paul going to Newcastle? Is Will Price going to Newcastle? We know that Pierce Paul and, and Will Price won't go this year, but at the end of 2023, I think that sort of paves the way of they're going to be the next British guys to go over there. Um, mm. But that's something obviously we can get into more in the off season when we're talking and sort of after the World Cup and sort of deals have been done um time for the a more positive york news sorry i'm joking leads one um we're in <laughs> super league grand final time um robin you were there before we get into the game itself what was it like to be there was it was it nice was it was it good do you think that this is was this a positive do you think that having yeah. that, this having the, like the women's challenge cup alongside the men's challenge cup at wembley next year is good after after seeing what you saw on Sunday, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Sunday. Yeah. So I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't catch the game before the um, the Super League Shield, I think it's called. That. Um, I didn't catch that, and we arrived pretty much bang on kickoff. So I don't know if there was anything sort of going on outside of the ground, but to be honest, from what I could see, there wasn't there wasn't anything on. So, but I could be wrong. They could have put some stuff on. So. From one point of view, it, it did feel a little bit flat when you think it's a grand final and it's like the pinnacle of the year and there, was, there wasn't there was really that sort of like, I don't know, carnival atmosphere that you, you come to expect with these massive sporting events. Um, but having said that, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a proper stadium. Um, it's a, it was up at St. Helens uh, and they only, actually, they only actually sold tickets in one stand. So whilst on the cameras, it probably looked pretty empty, and and I did notice the cameras were on the opposite side. So the from the sound from the, the sound was probably pretty, um, you know, pretty weak. But being there in that in that stand that was quite well um, filled, well, obviously not. It was maybe I, I would say I guess it was maybe fifty percent, sixty percent full. Um, but there was enough people there to make to give it that sort of like big game feel. Yeah, uh, especially for a, for like a just a women's game on its own, um, and yeah, like it, it was a bit of a shame that it was all the way in St. Helens. I think that that was because um, obviously there's two Yorkshire teams, yeah. and we are around the corner from each other, Leeds and York. So it would have been pretty cool if it had been somewhere closer. And it was also a shame that the Knights men's team were playing that big game against Halifax the same day. At the same day, it was like a couple of hours apart. Like, it wouldn't wouldn't have been possible to do them both. So, Leeds and obviously the Leeds game was on the Friday. So, they 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 had a lot of fans actually. I'll, I'll be honest, the the Leeds women's team 
probably brought more fans to that game than the York Knights men's do all year. So <laughs> that was really good to see. Like it's really good that they're supporting them, and there was lots of. Do you um, think that's more of the fact that the Leeds men have obviously just got to the grand final? The Leeds yeah. PDRL team have won. The Leeds learning disability team have won. The Leeds wheelchair team are in a grand final. Like Leeds could win all five comps this year, and all their games this weekend have been on different days. So that yeah, if the Leeds be... fans want to go to five different games on a weekend, they've been able to get to them. Whereas York men and women playing on the same day, York York City Knights ladies, they get so much support. Like they are, they are a very well supported side. You've seen them on TV before in York, and they, they get crowds there. They get numbers there. I think you've been, I think you've been at some games where there's been mm. decent numbers. The fact that they they put these on a bad on the same day, do you think that's a little bit of a bad move? You probably could have put the yeah. the Halifax New York game on the Saturday. Do you know what I mean? Like that's it. Like it's hard because all of the championship games are three o'clock on a Sunday yeah. and, and so far all of the women's games I've been to have also been at three o'clock on a Sunday yeah. and I've had to choose whether to go watch the Knights or go watch the, the women and so and I've cho- and I've, I've picked the girls quite a few times now um, because I feel like I, I, I do enjoy the I do I, it's a slightly different atmosphere it's, it, it feels much more positive and they they are tight games, and they're in the Super League, like they're at the top of their competition. So it's like that's why I, I like to go and watch it. But it's a shame that I have to choose between the two. I think it it, it would be smart and sensible because the other teams that are in the Women's Super League are Super League sides, and so quite often they're not always playing that yeah. three o'clock Sunday match fixture. Yeah. So they get like the the, the Warrington um, ladies. When I've seen them, they've had good support because the the men's team weren't playing the same day so they yeah. can't yeah um, and that's something that obviously if your city knights men's get promoted into super league or they're one of the teams that potentially go into this 14 and everything else that's something that will potentially change and you'll find you play more on a thursday or a friday or, or a saturday depending on what, what channel you're going to be on or whatever depend obviously if you if you're yeah. one of those teams that is lucky enough to be selected because obviously two teams are going to have to be brought up that aren't promoted or there's not or there's no relegation or something something's going to have to happen at the end of this season so say if Feverston or Lee go up we know the fact that they're not going to get relegated next year if there's 14 teams like in terms of that's how I see it anyway yeah yeah and, and I, quite frankly I think if all of the teams that were in that league one when Toulouse joined when sorry when Toronto joined of all the teams you had Toulouse in there you had York in there you had Toronto in there uh, I think you had some others quite big I think Bradford were in there at the same time but you look mm-hmm. at how the teams have developed and how they've done it obviously Toulouse have had their moment this year they've gone up and they have they've, they've struggled and they've been their agreement has been extended for another year so they're going to get another year in the championship so Apparently there was an agreement that was a certain amount of years long for Toulouse to get into the Super League and stay into the Super League, blah, blah, blah. And if after a certain amount of time, that deal would come to an end. Right. Because they've made Super League this year, and then they got relegated, instead of dropping Toulouse and pulling them completely out of the competition and sending them packing back to France, they have extended them, they have extended that and allowed them to continue playing in the Championship. Yeah. A lot of championship clubs are a little bit, mm, okay, we weren't really prepared for Toulouse to be back. So obviously they've spent quite a bit of money, i.e. Halifax have spent money, Lee have spent money, Fev have spent money. And now they're back yeah. and they've got to compete with a Toulouse side that is probably still very, very good. 
Obviously, mm. probably not as good as what it was before, but it is very good. Of all the, but like I said, of all those four League One sides that were in there, York, Bradford, Toronto, and Toulouse at that same time, I think York have developed their squad perfectly. Like they are slowly but surely taking that extra step. I mean, it doesn't matter if you lose to Fev or Lee this weekend because you've already you've won your first Championship playoff game. If next year you win two playoff games, that's a positive. Or even if you just win one again, or you're you've got a home tie and you win a home tie. That's a step further again, isn't it? Because you're not you've you've finished in a higher position and you've still won a playoff game. Like it's slow but sure steps with York, whereas with the others, I feel like it's been really rushed and it hasn't worked. Mm. And if if anyone's going to go up for me, it has to be York of all the championship sides. I think in terms of the way the the club is run and the structure and what the facilities and everything, it has to be York. Obviously, financially, I don't know what the situation's like. We don't know what many of the financial situations are like. Yeah, but do you think would you agree with that? I know you're a York fan, so you'd obviously love yeah. to see it. But from from a, from as neutral of a point of view as possible, mm. of all those championship sides, York York have got to be one of the ones that go up, haven't they? It's it's really difficult because I I actually look at Halifax and and I see them as like they've they've always been in that third fourth place in the championship and they've been consistent and they i don't i can't remember the last time they had a season where they had a do you know what i mean they didn't make the playoffs so they yeah. weren't challenging the, they the, year we did, the, the only year um, i don't think we made the playoffs was the same year we reached the semi-final of the challenge cup so it's like they, it wasn't a bad year do you know what i mean we had a brilliant cup run that year so i i see i think halifax are that sort of like steady consistent and and that's the that's the sort of like performance that you need from a team to like build long term stability. That's what that's what's really important to build those foundations, making sure you don't dip below fifth, sixth in the table. You might not make it super league, but you're always there like yeah. in, in the in the running. So I so whereas York, I think we 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 have steadily climbed, but I think we're still we're still the next step for us is to become like Halifax. Okay. And I think I think that takes time. I think right now we're we're just below that and we'll see what happens. It might take another three or four years to decide whether we are. But I think a healthy a healthy target is to say, let's become the the equals of Halifax. And then we can start like trying to go down the route of like Featherstone where it's like we come first or second every year. Yeah. Um. Or we we get promoted or whatever. I I think York is a good York would be a good solution, but I don't know if the fan base is there right now to support a Super League team. I think it's a great geographically. It's great as a city. It's there's there is to be honest, it, there's a lot of wealth in York, and mm. there's probably enough yeah, money no, it's in the fu- city. It's bloody expensive. Yeah. To, <laughs> to, to, to fund a Super League team. And I think that the council are quite pro these sort of, um, you know, decisions, sporting events mm. and things. And you look at the fact that we haven't got a super successful football team, so it's kind of like it's there for the taking. And we are in the Rugby League heartlands, but we're still kind of different in our own way and, yeah and it's a good city to come to you know for away fans so i think i love, we were, I love it and i and things yeah. I've, I've never been as an away fan i've always been and watched um york as as and i've wanted york to win like they played newcastle and i wanted york to win i think i went and watched them yeah. play witness and i wanted york to win i've never sat with an away like oh, i've sat with you or i've sat with the 
with the fans wanting York to win because I am a Yorkshireman and realistically York are probably if you look at the top teams in terms of Super League Championship League One York probably would have been my second team had they not been in the same league as, as Halifax like if they, when they're in if they ever yeah. down or they're in a different league fantastic so it's absolutely good and more breaking news as we go by the way the, uh-huh. the, the Cumbria side has been announced for the warm-up game against Jamaica um Players playing squad to be selected from the following. From St. Helens, Kyle Amor. From Wigan Warriors, you've got Brad Singleton, Sam Housel, Harvey Hill. Uh, from Wakefield, you've got Brad Walker. From Workington, you've got Jamie Do- uh, Jamie Doran, Connor Fitzsimmons, Stevie Scully, Jordan Thompson. From Rochdale, you've got Greg McNally. From Barrow, you've got T. Ritson, Luke Creswell, Ryan Shaw, Brett Carter, Jake Carr, Ryan Johnson, Ellis Gillum, Connor Saunders and Tom Hopkins. From Whitehaven, you've got Andrew Bullman, Curtis Tier, Tom Walker, Luke Broadbent, Perry Singleton and Liam McAvoy. Also playing for Cumbria or in the playing squad, potentially, from unattached, Jax O'Neill is returning to Rugby League to play against Jamaica for Cumbria. Um, that's absolutely massive. I'm, 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 that's, that's, a, that's not a bad side, is it, really? It's, a, it's no. probably a decent championship side with a few ringers in it. If you can yeah. look at Kyle Amor, Brad Singleton, T. Ritson, like there, there's, there's some, that's probably a, that's probably that that team would probably go toe to toe with Featherstone and Lee and give them a good game, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that it's quite cool as well. They've got two front rowers as well, like leading the team within mm. centre experience. That that's quite strong. And then obviously T. Ritson and the fullbacks, which are key positions. Uh, yeah, I like the sound of that team. I'll, they'll they'll give um, yeah, Jamaica I mean, a good test. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really, really looking forward to that as, as well. Um, we have to move on because there is so much to talk about. Um, where's my list? Not time lost, of year. I've lost my list. Um, League One done. Championship done. Uh, Women's Super League Grand Final as a game. Then, so we've sort of we yes. drift, we drifted off massively because we spoke of, we we drifted into York again. Um, and I think York are one of the talking points of rugby league at the moment, and that's it's probably a topic for uh, like a debate session that we keep. So yeah. we, keep, we want to do these things as a game. Then I watched it. I didn't think the like. This is my honest opinion. Yeah. If we take the best of Super League, which is the best of these two teams and the best of that Saints team, right? There and that's our England squad. We are going to get absolutely annihilated at the World Cup. Um, quite frankly, because yeah. I, I watch the NRLW games from the morning, and these are just general games, by the way. These are like there's five big NRLW teams, like they are, like, all of them are massive. But even the poor NRLW teams play better than some of our, they play better than Leeds. Like, even yeah. the, like it was, it's there is such a vast difference in the top quality players in terms of both leagues. I think when you bring the England team together, they are up there and they can do it. But the, there's still so much more depth, even in the NRLW, for those Australian and New Zealand sides, like and PNG and everything else. But I think I think it's it's scary because I yes I would love to see England win the World Cup and I can see it happening, but I think if we're not careful with the squad that gets picked, it's going to be dangerous. It yeah, could, it could think, be a little bit embarrassing. I think the top players are still really really fantastic. But like you say, the depth isn't there, and um, it's difficult because we don't get we don't get a chance to see that England team play together very much. So mm. they're going to have to really quickly turn it on and find a way to gel and play well together. When when they when 
week to week, they're used. They're more used to playing with, and th this is no disrespect, but they're used to playing with players that aren't as strong, yeah. and wouldn't be anywhere near an international um, standard. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be in an NRL team. So there's the the thing with the NRL um, with the, the women's Super League at the moment is there's some real star players. Mm. There's quite often massive mismatches in terms of talent. And it's sort of like um, it's it's hard because you those stars then they aren't being challenged as often, and that doesn't help them in the long run. It, whilst it's it, it's cool to watch them like run rings around players now yeah. when they get challenged, and it's not just you know what I mean. It's like nine times out of ten they'll beat the first tackle because the the the. Person come up against is is a is a lower standard of player. Yeah. But and all right, fine. They might go up and, and toe to toe with one of the other top players in their in the other team, but it doesn't happen for eighty solid minutes. It's, no. You know what I mean? None of them have been challenged on that scale. So yeah, I think I, I, I think still... with a forward pack, I think we've we've got a forward pack that can can definitely compete. I mean, you look at Anderson, you look at Lumley, you look at um, Andrade. And Akpo and everyone and all these and Hornby and Nuttall and Murray the Leeds and the York forward packs they went at each other all day like they yeah. were absolutely flying into each other and whatever but that battle between like I was watching Stanley and Goldthorpe like Tarjane Stanley and Goldthorpe really closely at full back against each yeah. other oh my god they did my head in like it was it was footballer s in my opinion like. If stuff wasn't going Fran Goldthorpe's way, she was. I don't know if you saw it there, but she was whinging a hell of a lot. Yeah, I like, noticed a lot of frustration. Her, her, her and Beavers were not getting on. She was not happy with like Robinson taking carries. She wasn't happy with like Moxon taking carries. She was playing fullback with three on her back. I don't know if she, I don't know if she felt comfortable there in in playing at fullback. But I know they've got really quality wingers in Moxon and Beavers. She probably would have been better at centre with Beavers at fullback. But then. You're looking at Beavers probably dealt with Renouf a lot better than Goldfort will have done. Yeah. But also Tara Jane Stanley, apart from her kicking game for York, didn't impress me with ball in hand. No, but I her think... her kicking game was unbelievable. Yeah, she kicked really well. And I just don't think that York managed to give her the ball in the in the right way. I think they yeah. used her for like one-up carries. She she'd get caught with the ball on like the third tackle, and mm -hmm. it was almost like the set's over because our threat's been neutralised because yeah. she's not ready for the next one, and then she's got a kick. So, um, I I think what we lacked was um some halfbacks to you know because yeah, um, Gale and Heddington looked like they struggled a bit out there. Yeah, I think they did. I think it was it it was kind of the Leeds defence was reading what was happening, and it and it just meant that. We, we, there was three on the ball. Do you know what I mean? As soon as yeah. the as soon as the player was done, that's like the, the there was three Leeds players already there because they'd already read it. So I think that's what we missed. And um, I could I could see frustration coming into into a game. And I think that comes from the fact that she is super talented, but it's a team sport, and you you rely on the people around you to give you the ball in space and create opportunities around you. And sometimes she would create an opportunity and the player outside of her sort of was just a few steps behind her because it is hard when, you know, yeah. when, you, when you're playing alongside someone that good to anticipate the space that they're creating and 
Yeah, I could I see she was like, that was a moment that we missed, and I could see that frustration coming in. I just hope that she can. Um, I, I I didn't like I didn't like to see it because I I I think she's great as as the this year watching the, that team. She's she's like scored some. Great yeah, and tries, I, mean, I mean she deserves it. She's she's, she's she's up there for the um women's man of well, women of steel, I believe, isn't she? Yeah, this, and, this, and this like season. she's she's awesome. Like me, me and Jal, my partner comes. She watches games, and she's never really been super into it, but she knows these players because. Um, they they are awesome. They are pretty inspirational, but that wasn't the best game. It was a shame to see. But on the other hand, the loads of players had fantastic games. I think all all through the lead squad, like you said, yeah. the forwards were were mint. Um, their halfbacks were just like just getting it right every single time. Um, Beavers, like what a what a game! Like we spoke about her earlier. Yeah, Caitlin Beavers. Yeah, I think we spoke about her earlier in the year, didn't we? About she yeah, was, she. Did, I think she refereed the Challenge Cup game, didn't she, at the start of the season? And we yeah. spoke about players getting into refereeing, and, and I spoke to Danny Wood about it at the weekend, and and on thing, and I I asked him this question, like during a break in play or something, and I said, do you encourage your academy players to go and do refereeing badges and coaching badges? And he went, yeah, definitely. He went, the younger they are, or the more that they understand the game at a younger age, the better players they can be. Yeah. So I I, I I said that to him and he and I was I was that was a nice answer to hear because some of them go, I don't really see sometimes I don't see the point in it or like and you think about it, these guys are respect the referees and their coaches because they've been through the, the coaching and the refereeing and, and everything together. Yeah. yeah Someone like it, Caitlin Beavers is gonna be an absolutely wonderful coach because she's played the game at a high level, she's refereed the game at a high level, and uh, she's probably got coaching badges as well. I don't know if she does, but she she probably has got coaching badges as well because that's the type of person that she brings herself to put sort of she carries herself in that sort of way doesn't yeah. she and out of all of the players in, in that team oh, from we were sat with loads of Leeds fans around us and they all love her they all think she's great whenever she got the ball they were screaming for her to like you know giving her encouragement yeah. and like clapping her and like when when she scored the try, like they were stoked that it was her, and so she's. I think she's loved at Leeds. So yeah, yeah. I I just hope she can do that for England as well. Yeah, I mean, just just sort of, I've just sort of searched her name and just to see a little bit more information. She's twenty years old. All right, she played. Yeah. She won the year eleven ne uh, national schools in two thousand and seventeen, in a sixty six nil victory. She scored thirty eight of those sixty six points. Um, she started playing rugby at the age of seven. Played for Dewsbury Moor. She was player of the match in the Challenge Cup final. So she was in year twelve when she played in her first Challenge Cup final. Sorry, not her Challenge, the Women's Rugby League Association Challenge Cup final. So not the top one, but the second one on the losing yeah. side. She then joined the Leeds Rhinos in January two thousand and eighteen, but was promoted first time into their team. She then won the two thousand eighteen Challenge Cup final and scored a try. Um, and she was the youngest ever, wasn't she? The young, I believe the youngest ever player to, to score a try in Super League and stuff like that. She's played yeah. for England once, but scored twice in that game against France, 54-4. Her lead stats, as of Wikipedia, 18 games, 17 tries, one goal. Like, yeah. and, she's re and at the age of 13, she was refereeing in the Dewsbury and Batley Referee Society. 
and she became the first referee to referee at Wembley, the first female referee to referee at Wembley Stadium in the Year Seven Boys National Schools final. That she's done so much at the age of twenty and developed her game so quickly at such a young age with her referee. She's only going to get better, and I think for the future of English rugby, yes, Courtney Winfield Hill is a fantastic halfback, but she's not twenty years old. Like it's mm. people like Caitlin Beavers and players like Caitlin Beavers are people are players that we should be building our our future of our rugby league around. And if you're Leeds, you're 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 saying here's a ten year, fifteen year contract if you if you're in that position. But I don't believe they're they're doing that again. I don't believe they're actually offering proper deals to players at that level. If that makes sense, I think, yeah, I, I think I, they all work as well in their own time. Uh, yeah, I think they I think they do and. That's the next step, really, for the game, isn't it? We we yeah. want to be able to keep because you know the risk is that the NRLW is a pretty big competition. It's it's like it's it probably is quite um, an attractive offer to go over there, and it uh, it's, it it doesn't take too much imagination to see in a couple of years her wanting to go and, and challenge herself over there. So that's the challenge for us is to to find a way to keep people like that because they they really are a, a trailblazer for this sport um and we just we need to, we need to keep them for as, as long as we can and like like you say there's just a, a rap sheet like that she could probably retire tomorrow and she's done that. <laughs> yeah she, that's what i mean it's it's absolutely crazy when, when you think about sort of the age of some of these players and you could go through the last England squad, Tara Jane Stanley, 28, Leah Burke, 23, Frank Goldthorpe, 19, Caitlin Beavers, 20. Amy, in that squad, um, in the squad that played against France and Wales, there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 6 players, I believe, aged 30 or over, in that uh, twenty. Seven man squad, I think it was twenty four man squad, um, and Emily Rogers was claimed her twenty sixth cap at the age of thirty. Most caps by an England player at 20, 26 caps at the age of thirty. That's not a lot of caps. Like we know that that is not a lot of caps mm. at all. But it's she's not sort of the player we should be building around, is it? Like we don't have like Georgia Roach at the age of twenty two. That she wasn't she wasn't even playing for Leeds at the weekend, and look how well they played without her there. Like that is scary when you think we've got such a young team, but how many of these girls could then go and do it, and how many of these women could could go and do it in the NRLW? After what I watched at the weekend, I don't think that many. And uh, that's just me being honest. I think we've got a long way to go. Yeah, I'll be I'll be totally honest. I haven't watched much. I actually I haven't watched any of the NRLW. If I'm being honest, I've seen a few highlights. So I I'm I'm not as aware of the gap. Um, but yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine that there is a gap there. When I when I've, I've seen the um, New Zealand women's team, they won a, a competition the other year, mm. and they they look like a, a real formidable team. Um, but you know, who who knows what'll happen? Is there's not many games in the World Cup. Hopefully, I don't know. I, I'm I've really got into it this year, and I yeah. like. I've, at the start of this year, I couldn't have named many um, women's Super League players, but now I can, and I, I know who they play for, what what their style is, and why why they are so impressive. So I'm really I've, I've managed to get hold of plenty of tickets for the World Cup, and I've made sure that a massive portion of a women's game because 
I'm I'm just loving it at the minute. I think it's I think it's great. And like I was saying about the atmosphere, I think it's it just it's just a breath of fresh air. It's just it feels positive. There's there's not as much ref bashing and shouting at the linesman, and it just feels like it. The spirit of the game is 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 there in the women's game. I, I don't know if it's because it's. I don't know if it's because it's not quite as competitive. Maybe it's it, there's not so much. Um, I don't know the word is like. It's not as it's not as. There's not so much. There's not the money in the game that there is over there, which which yes. looks like there is in the NRLW, and I think that's massive. Scrutiny. Isn't it? There's not much scrutiny. That's the word I'm no, looking that's for. That's the word. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I'm just I, I I had such a good time, and I had a really good time with the Nines as well. So. I I would like to thank the the RFL for putting those events on, and I feel like they are giving the women's game a lot of um, exposure at the minute, and they are mm. pushing it. And I I just I'm I'm really pleased. I'm really like the direction it's taking, and I'm 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 really looking forward to the World Cup. And I I hope that it's not a flash in the pan, and we don't forget about it after the World Cup year. I hope that this is just the start of like the competition going from strength to strength. Across and and like your involvement with the um, with the Bedford ladies team and all those competitions, I just hope we can just like this is the very beginning and people like Caitlin Beavers will will we'll have teams of them one day. Yeah, yeah I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, but we're we're going to go into World Cup now. We're just going to quickly run through four of the squads that have or four of the extended squads that have been named. Well, three extended squads and one full on confirmed squad for the World Cup. Before we get into that, I just want to put out a massive congratulations to four Bedford Tigers players. Um, Issa was picked for Nigeria last week for the Middle East African Championship, so massive congratulations to you. Uh, and then Nikki Gross, Siobhan Drummond and Chloe Alcorn have all been selected in the extended train-on squad for the England Community Lions. So, fingers crossed they can they can get through those remaining training sessions and be picked for the, the, the squads for the Autumn International Series, which is coming up in a, in a, in a about six seven weeks time so massive congratulations to you for uh number five actually storm cobain again in the island squad for a fixture against wales in a few weeks so absolutely massive like we are growing as a club and i can't i can't wait to see what 2023 holds for every single one of us so absolutely massive news yeah congrats which country do you want to start with Shall we start with the 100 percent confirmed side or should we just go with Shall we go in sort of I don't know. What, how do you want to start this? Which Why country? don't we go with the team that was announced first? Uh, Fiji. Is, Fiji, I think. Yeah, yeah, Fiji. Um, so the the main stories are four 2022 New South Wales State of Origin players have been named in the 31-man uh, squad. Um, it will be dropped down to 24, but obviously there's some players in there that have will also that have also been named in. The Australia's like current players that aren't playing in the finals that are training, mm. and then there's obviously players that are injured and stuff as well. So the four blues that have been called up: Appy Corisau, Regan Campbell Gillard, Jacob Saifiti, and Tarek Sims will all be in contention for Newcastle. Um, while Daniel Saifiti said in July, "I'm not going to play either way. I just want to have a good pre-season for the night." So one of the Saifiti brothers will definitely not be around. Kevin Nagama and Viliami Kikau are co-captains. And there's 17 NRL players in this Fiji squad. Other players to be ruled out before we go through it. Kane Evans has been ruled out with a knee injury. 
uh, and Eosufil Massey has dropped has been dropped after returning to to rugby union after his North Queensland contract um expired sort of midway through the year. Um, of the thirty three players, seventeen played in the two thousand seventeen World Cup. So on September the twenty fifth, they depart for England. So their squad will be named before then, and obviously players will join them at a later date if they're involved in uh, finals. Um, we'll go through this in in alphabet sort of alphabetical order. Uh, Walker Blake from the Parramatta Reels, Regan Campbell Gillard, uh, Tui Kamakamitha, uh, Kara Walaluva from the Roosters. I don't know who that is. I'll be honest. Uh, Viliami Kikau, Appy Corusau, uh, Lamar Manuel Lealeva uh, from the uh, Seagulls, Joe Lovadua. Isaac Lumalui, um, Masima. I, I don't actually know how to say half of these names, yeah. uh, which is which is really bad for me. The uh, the two Mossadriki brothers, one from uh, Broncos, one uh, sorry London Broncos, one from the Cowboys. Tane Milne, obviously in the final series with South Sydney. Marcelo Montoya, Kevin Nagama, Ben Naku Bawai from Lee, Jason Gary Gary, Michaela Ravalawa. Tanele Sadruko, the Saifiti brothers, um, which is really weird because Daniel Saifiti said he didn't want to be there. So the fact he's in this squad is really weird. So we know he won't be there. Um, yeah. Pioseki, Corbin Sims, Tarek Sims, Mike Sivo, Penioni, Tiki Tuamua, Suni Taruva, uh, Vaka Sirivalu, Semi Valame, King Vunioyawa, uh, Vasu Turaga, Brandon Wakeham and C Wong. There's there is some big names in that team. Like you go yeah, one not... you go one to seventeen, that's scary. But there's not a lot of depth, is there? No, but you know, for a for a small short short competition like this, like how much depth do you need? Like mm. if they're lucky, if if injuries go their way, um, that is a strong side. Like that is a team that would they would tear up the Super League. Like you know, they could probably. Oh, yeah win a couple of games in the NRL like that that is a solid side I, I like this team yeah if, mean, and I... if all of them decide they want to play for Fiji like Api Korosawa said if he doesn't play for if he does if he gets picked for Australia he'll play for Australia if he doesn't get yeah. picked for Australia he'll play for Fiji I believe in my opinion I believe he'll play for Fiji I don't see him being picked for Australia um, I know he's really really good and I know he's fantastic but I think the amount of hookers they've got in Australia I don't think he gets picked no, I mean, what, yeah. Um, it, I, it would be a shame for him to go with Australia because, like you say, I don't think he would get that much game time, if any. Yeah, I also uh, don't. I feel like Regan Campbell-Gillard will go to Australia, but then Saifiti and Sims, I believe, are going to be Fiji through and through. So I think of those four that are in for Australia, I think oh, they will only lose, in my opinion, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I like um, they've got Milne, at fullback, that's that's yeah. you know he, he's strong. They've got some um, great centers in there as well. Um, yeah, I mean they've got Sivo in there, haven't they? They've got Ravalawa on either wing. Yeah, uh, semi semi Valame is a, is he is he a center? Is he um, more of a winger? I believe he's more of a winger. They got Kevin Nagama yeah. in there, but he'll he'll likely play in the halves for Fiji. Um, think, yeah, yeah, just the way they look at their scene. Probably you probably find he plays in the halves alongside Lovadua, which after the way he's played this year, you're probably not yeah. knocking that at all. 
Kikau's in there. We know how dangerous he is. Kamakamita from the Storm. They're dangerous. They've got, obviously, X-Factor in Jason Gary. Gary, we've seen how much danger he could be in Super League when he gets open space. Brandon Wakeham's in. I think this is a really nice team for Fiji. Yeah. There's probably some players that you look at that and go, yeah, you're probably going to get dropped. You're probably going to get dropped. We obviously know for a fact, like I just said, um, Daniel Saifiti isn't going to play, uh, which is a shame. So he's in the 31-man squad. So he'll be one. So realistically, it's a 30-man squad because Saifiti won't play. So they only have to drop six players. And in my head, I'm looking at that going, Walker Blake will play. He'll play at centre. Regan Campbell-Gillard will probably go to Australia. So he'll be dealt that will leave them five to then drop because he'll, he won't play. Yeah. What like, about so, uh, Kikau as well? Like he... No, Kikau is fully Fijian. Oh, good luck. So, yeah, really, really happy for that. And there's quite a few in there that you're looking and going, okay, really nice. Because for for a while, Sivo and that, they were going, oh, they might go and play Rugby Union and then go and play for Australia. And you were looking and going, I really don't want that to happen. But they've they've stuck around. So it's really, really nice to see. Shall we go to Greece? Because I think the Greece team, there's not a lot of players we know. There's obviously a few standouts, um, Mm. but there's one player I want to talk about that's not in the squad, which I think, for me, from Greece, well done to them. They've picked players that play for them in Greece, but there's one player I think you have to pick from here. Um, Just some of the names that stand out. Stefano Bastas at Coventry. Um, Lachlan Ilias at South Sydney. That's massive. Peter Mazoulis. At South Sydney, it's massive. Jordan Meads, a player that I believe has played in the NRL before. Uh, Chase Robinson, South Sydney, another one. Um, Rob Tuliatu, uh, uh, London Scholars, has been picked. Adam Vranos at Scholars has been picked. Billy uh, Sigritas has been picked as well. Uh, Billy Magulias, who was at Warrington and now at Newtown Jets, has been picked as well. Nathan Peets is not in this team. Like, yeah, why? I don't know. Unless I I don't understand why Nathan Peets as a really really unless someone's rang him and he goes I don't want to play at the World Cup. Yeah. That's the only reason I can think he's not in this Greeks team because I think he gives a little bit more structure to them. I mean, you you put him at nine. You probably have Jordan Meads captain in the side in in the halves. Lockdown Elias playing um, in there as well at half. Like really, really nice, strong team. Decent forward pack in terms of forwards that play in League One, Championship, like some Super League as well. Play like Chase Robinson's in there. Some really nice players, but they they're not gonna they're not gonna they're, they're in a group with France, England, and Samoa. Like they're not gonna pick up a win, are they? No, I don't think so. But the 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 great thing about this Greece team is the story of how they got here, and I feel like it deserves a bit more time to go through it. Maybe like when we do one of our World Cup episodes. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's it's um yeah. I'll be honest, like you, there's not many names that I recognise in that squad. But who knows? They could they could be a dark horse, and they could like pull off a, an upset against a team that's. Um, not not prepared well. Yeah, I mean, you, the likes of France and Samoa are always sort of throw up a few surprises, and the way this England squad's looking, you never know. Like they could absolutely tear yeah. <laughs> England a new one at the minute with all the players that we're going to get get banned. Um, new Zealand squad, extended squad. It's a thirty-four man squad. 
Um, the New Zealand Rugby League picked the 24 players who were in the squad for the 26-6 win over Tonga on June the 25th and then added 10 more players, which I think is fair. So it's the last 26 players that played and then 10 more players. There are 11 survivors from the 2017 World Cup campaign when they were eliminated in the quarterfinals and there are no players from outside the NRL. Um, so we'll go through this. You've got Nelson, Asofa Solomona, Jesse and Kenny Bromwich, Dylan Brown, James Fisher-Harris, Kieran Foran, uh, Kieran Brandon Hamlin-Luelli, Corey Harrowin, Naira, Peter Hickey, Jerome Hughes, Sean Johnson in there from the Warriors, Sebastian Chris at Canberra, who I we know that um, Toby absolutely has a man cross on, uh, Moses Leo, uh, Isaac Liu, Joseph Manu, who's been injured and may not play at the World Cup. He probably missed the World Cup, actually, from what we've heard. Jeremy Marshall-King, yeah. Tamari Martin, massive from him because the, the, him coming back from his like retirement and his injuries and stuff, never thought he'd play rugby again. Kemma yeah. Marlowe, Ronaldo Militalo, Green, Griffin Neem, North Queensland, Charles Nickel-Klockstad, uh, Britton Nakora, Coley Nikarima, Marata Nakora, uh, Isaiah Papali, Jordan Rapana, Jordan Ricky, Bailey Simonson, Brandon Smith, Scott Sorensen, Joe Tarpany, Matthew Tomoko, who is absolutely unbelievable, uh, Dalin Wateni Zelezniak, and then Jared Warrior Hargreaves, who will likely only play for New Zealand if they get out of the group stages. Yeah. <laughs> because of his absolutely idiotic ban. They're, I believe they're having a warm-up game against Leeds at Headingley, that, um, which will include the ban. So that's that's interesting. That's something we're going to get into more with the England squad and stuff and John Bateman. Mm. But Jared Roy Hargreaves' ban will include the warm-up game against Leeds, um, which means that October 26th Group C encounter with Ireland at Headingley will be his return. So I believe that's the last game of the group will be his return game. He's got a three-match ban. Yeah. So he'll be able to play one group game. That's that's a scary team when you when you put it in there. There's definitely some liabilities and it's an ageing squad. I think New Zealand are looking at this going, oh my God, I wish we had all our Tongans back. Yes. Like, they imagine they had Jason Tamalolo. Jason Tamalolo's not in there from 2013 squad, I believe. Um, and I really I think the halves, other than Sean Johnston, is a little bit hit and miss in terms of outside yeah. in terms of outside backs and second rows though, and edge and edge forwards, scary as hell. Like Matthew Tomoko, Jordan Ricky, uh, Jordan Rapana, who may get dropped and then go and play for the Cook Islands. I think that might happen. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. He'll, he'll be playing for the Cook Islands. Like there's just some there's some power in this team, and I think. I think we've really got to be looking at them. You don't go and beat Tonga 26-6 without sort of, without, you know what I mean? Without being there. Like, yeah. That was without Sean Johnson and uncapped players of Chris, Marshall King, Neem, Ricky, Simonson, Sorensen and Timoko. Like, yeah, I think it's fascinating just how many playmakers that they have available to choose from. Like, mm. like they've got Dylan Brown, Kieran Foran, uh, Jerome Hughes, Sean Johnson, um, Tamari Martin's in there. Yeah, Nikarima. Um, it's just like the the number of players they've got to play in, in the halves. It's almost like there's too many. They don't need some. Like if they could have just sent two to Fiji, then that Fiji squad would be unreal. It's like yeah. what 
I'd like to know what they do. Maybe, maybe it's um, Benji Marshall's inspiration that has <laughs> got these kids that want yeah, to be halfbacks, but we could do with a few in England, to be fair. Yeah, like, we, we really so could. many. We really, really could. I mean, you're looking at the core and you're going one, six, seven, nine. Like, nine, Brandon Smith, no doubt. Six and seven of Sean Johnson and Jerome Hughes. And then at full, that's flat. There's no, Dylan Brown's probably going to be in the squad. But then you're looking at fullback. Say, yeah. Fullback's probably maybe Nickel Clockstad. Um, probably going to be at fullback. I don't think anyone else yeah. is really going to be there. Maybe Joseph Manu, but he's probably going to shot. If, if he's fit, he'll play at centre. No, but I think yeah. he'll play at centre. Like, that is... They're going to be a team to beat. Like, the best centre in the world, arguably one of the best halfbacks in the world. In my opinion, they've got the best hooker in the world. They could do with two of us a check, then that would be it. If they, had, if they had RTS at fullback, now, if he, hadn't, if he hadn't gone and played for the All Blacks or whatever, I think yeah. you'd be looking at this team going, they're going to win the World Cup. Yeah, they are. They are. Really, this is a really strong side. We are about to look at the Tonga team, and in that Tonga squad, we've got there is a number. There is fifteen players in this Tonga squad. Sorry, there's fifteen. Fafita is one of. So there's some players in the Tonga squad that might play for Australia if they're picked. Uh, so we'll go through that as well. But oh. re, like with with the teams that I that New Zealand have got in their group, they've got Ireland, they've got Jamaica. And I can't remember the other team that they've got in their group. Who, who's that? Sorry, um, New Zealand's group is Ireland, Jamaica, and somebody uh, else. Who is it? Who is it? Who's in their group? Is it Group C? I believe it's it. Is it Italy? Scotland. Scotland. No. Like they're finishing top of that group by a long way. No, it's not Scotland. That was no. Right. I was going to say it's not Scotland. Surely. Uh, Ireland. No. Ireland, Italy, and. Jamaica. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Uh, sorry, Ireland, Jamaica, and Lebanon. Lebanon. But they're going to mash that group to shreds. But they're going to so rip them need, apart. They don't need um, Warrior Hargreaves for the groups. No, they don't need him at all. So I don't even think he'll play against Ireland, quite frankly, unless it's to rest some of their other forwards, like Bromwich. The Bromwich brothers are going to have to do big minutes. But. I think yeah. if you think of looking at these squads, I think the New Zealand squad is it's very very strong. I think they could go and win that World Cup, especially yeah, so with they, the year that some of these New Zealand Warriors players have had as well. They they take on the um, the Group B runner up in the quarterfinals. Who's in Group B? So that's um, Australia, Fiji, Scotland, Italy. Mm, Australia, Fiji, Scotland, Italy. So they most likely play Fiji. In most the most likely play Fiji in the quarterfinals. They're probably going to get to the semi-finals and play with England or Tonga, right? Which is probably yeah, going to be the semi-final. So. I think then they beat both of them and they get to the final where they probably play Australia and then it's 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 best of the world against the best of the yeah. world and that's that's a, that's a game that you don't want to pick from because every position there is going to be the best of the NRL versus the best of the NRL, but it's not Queensland versus New South Wales. It's the best in the country versus the best in the country. Like it's, that's a it's scary final. Fun. Like you, you've, we've already gone through and gone, okay, that's going to be our final. I might as well fill in the wall chart now, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is though, we're saying that, but we, that, that Fiji squad will, is still going to be a challenge. Like that's oh, not yeah. walking apart. Like, 
and who knows a, a New Zealand team that's just had three like super easy well four get like they, they, they'll be honest, the I, I think, not I really think, a challenge is it no, they're I like three easy group games and then they've got all of a sudden turn it on against Fiji who's been who's tested themselves already against Australia against um, England as well is that right yeah, so the groups are England, France, Greece, Samoa. I think Samoa finished top of that group. I'm not gonna lie, um, it's quite scary. Yeah. Like when we see their team, I think they're gonna finish. They're gonna really push England. If they beat England in that first game, England then probably gonna go and have to face Tonga in the quarter final. Yeah. Um, Samoa then probably go and play like Papua New Guinea or took or maybe the Cook Islands, depending, or even Wales. That's a really that's a nice little group that between. Group D, Cook Islands, PNG, group Wales, and Tonga. Is the, is the most interesting group. Yeah, I think Australia and New Zealand finished top of their groups, and then Fiji probably finished second, and then Ireland, Jamaica, or Lebanon. It's probably going to be the Lebanon or Ireland. I mean, realistically, I'd love to see Jamaica go out there and beat Ireland and finish third, yeah. and even beat Lebanon and maybe finish second. That would be absolutely massive. We know that's going to be a tough ask, but it would be very, very interesting to see. Um, let's get into this Tonga squad because we need to do our set of six and it's going to be quite a long episode. 38 men to be to be shaved down to 24. Um, there, while there are nothing like the bombshells that fell in 2017 when key players led by Taumalolo and Fafita turned their backs on Australia and New Zealand, the naming of Fafita will be a talking point because he is also in Australia's train-on squad. Um, Rugby League World Cup 2020 contacted... Christian Wolf through St. Ellis to confirm it was 22-year-old centre David Fafita, not the 33-year-old Wakefield prop of the same name. Um, yeah, uh, let's have a look at Australia's train-on squad, actually, um, before we get into this. Australia Rugby League train-on squad. Yes, I need to find it because it's been... And, and obviously the Prime Minister's squad um, has obviously been announced as well which we can look at come on that's fox sports not going to tell me is it all right here we go uh add to train on squad here six days ago all right here we go asia pacific so their train on squad currently stands at matt burton josh adokar ben hunt tino fasua malawi uh, David Fafita, Cam Munster, Harry Grant, Joseph Suwali, who is likely to be named in the Samoa squad, James Tedesco, and Angus Crichton, Lindsay Collins, Jake Travoyevich, Daley Trevi Evans, Patrick Carrigan, and Payne Haas. From what I believe, Payne Haas will be playing for Samoa in the World Cup. I've read. That would be pretty awesome. Mm. That well, is... not for England, but... Not for England, but yeah, for, for, for Samoa and that sort of thingy so yeah it's it's scary some of those names you think you go through this tonga squad you've got talatawa mode andrew fafita from cronola david fafita for gold coast who's also been in the australia train on squad adam fanua blake uh Fotoeka from gold coast david fusatua uh silver havili from south sydney will hopawate conrad harrell uh alisa katoa asaya katoa who's also in the um, this is really weird. Isaiah Katoa has also been named in the Fiji squad. Is that right? Oh no, sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. Isaiah Katoa, Sioni Katoa from Cronulla, Felice Kalfusi, Oregon Kalfusi, Keone Kolo Matangi, uh, Tolotau Kulu from Manly, uh, Tui Lolahea, 
Sonny Luki, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Tessie New, Joa Fahengawi, uh, Hamawai Olukuatu, Taniela Otokolo, Agnesius Parsi, Tavita Pangai Jr., who we thought was going to be Australia's next big uh, prop, which is not. Mm. Taniela Paseca, Will Penasini, Katoni Staggs, who's injured, may not play in the World Cup. Daniel Fafita from South Sydney, the other Daniel Fafita, Moses Suli, uh, CSC for Talakai, Tavita Totola, CSC for Takuaho, Jason Tamalolo, Stafford Toa, Christian Chupolotu, Daniel Tupo from Sydney Roosters, not play, will not play for Australia, and Stefano Utokomanu from the West Tigers. Finally, someone at the World Cup from the West Tigers. That's the scary squad. Names that haven't made the squad. Uh, Mahe Fanua finished the injury, finished the season with an ankle injury. York City's Atahingano and Hull's Manu Mao, who has broken arm. They are the notable admissions from this squad. But yeah. Hingano's injured, isn't he? Yeah, would, would have been mid. <laughs> We've got a York Knights player in the World Cup, especially for Tonga, who actually could go all the way to like a, a final appearance, really. So. Yeah, but oh, but what like another another great squad? Interesting that I feel like there's quite a bit more Super League represented in this um, yeah. Tongan side than um, the other teams that we've looked through. We've got like um, Hopwai and Hurl from the Saints. There's quite um, a few from the Saints as well. Um, there's, yeah, there's another well here. Parsi's in there as well. Yeah, um, so that's that's interesting, and um, I mean. I, but yeah, still, what like what a mint squad. Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully for Fita. What what were we saying about Fita? He's definitely in the squad, or he's, he's we're waiting to hear. He's he's in the, I believe the the Australian Prime Minister's eleven. He is in for against the PNG Prime Minister's eleven. So the PNG Prime Minister's eleven is likely to be the PNG squad. It's not very strong. Um, I just need to find it. I just need to find it because it was named. It was named today. I saw it today. Uh, Prime Minister's eleven. So, oh, come on, current squad. Say okay. That's not. That's not helping. That's really old. Um, okay, Australia announced Prime Minister's eleven squad for uh, Clash with Papua New Guinea. It's not going to load, is it? Oh, here we go. It's, it's it's really scary. You've got Dane Laurie, Josh Adakar, Selwyn Cobbo, Zach Lomach, Jojo Fafita, Matt Burton, Daily Cherry Irons, Tino Fasumalawi, Ben Hunt, Tom Flegler, Nat Butcher, Angus Crichton, Josh King, Max King, Bo Firma, Jake Simkin, Luke Garner, Josh Curran, Jake Avarillo, and Sam Walker in that squad. Is what? Who's does Fafita play for? Gold Coast. So he's not in finals footing. Yeah. So he's not in finals footy, so he could have played this game. I think if he was to be, I think if Australia were going to pick him, he'd have played in this game. Yeah, so that suggests that he's going to play for Tonga. For Tonga. Yeah, I think that that sign suggests that he would have played for Tonga because he would otherwise he would have played. I think. I think the fact that they've got Selwyn Cobbo playing mm. centre says says all that you need to say about this team as well. Like that's mm. that's really that's a bit of an odd one. I mean. Matt Burton's bombs alongside Daly Cherry Evans is going to be really interesting to see because I think that is a genuinely realistic Australia halfback partnership. Burton and Cherry Evans. Yeah, I think that's a really in like I know Munster's in there as well, but for some of the for some yeah. of the games against like the lower opposition, he's not going to risk if he's already won two with games, he's not going to risk Cameron Munster for the third game 
Do you know what I mean? He's not going to do that because he's not because yeah, yeah, he's totally. he's clever. So I mean, like Meninga's not going to do that. So it'd be really really interesting to see how many of these prime ministers guys get into the squad. Like Butcher, Cobbo, Flegler, Adokar, Crichton, and Cherry Evans would all be looking to keep their match fitness intact, ready to push for. The thing, do you know what I mean? Both members of the Roosters and Storms squads have been named in this because they're out of the, they're out of the finals already, which we obviously weren't expecting. So, mm. Ben Hunt named at nine is interesting as well because I think he's a shoe in for the team. I don't think he has to worry about being selected. So it's just it's very very interesting. Yeah, it's still still like quite a bit up in the air and. It'll be good. Where? How long till we can expect the Australian? I think squad I think it's out? the twenty fourth. I think all the all the squads are named because it's the week before the. So Australia will name an extended squad on the twenty fourth. I think all the yeah. other squads will be confirmed. I think because of the grand. It's a, it's a question I had a few weeks ago. Was I think that the squads should be named after all the grand finals because England uh, the Super League grand final is the twenty fourth, so this Saturday. But the squad's yeah. going to be announced on Saturday. Like some of them players will be named in England squad the same day they're going to go and play a grand final. Like unless they're yeah. absolute shoo-ins, right? They're gonna and they're not in that thing. They're not going to be bothered. But if it's like, like say if Jack Wellsby has been told by that he's going to be in the squad, he's going to want to go and play in a World Cup, right? He's not going to want to get hurt. If he goes and plays hundred percent against Leeds in a grand final and gets hurt, he's not going to be in the World Cup. Like, name the squads yeah. after the, the... It's going to be the same in the NRL. I know the NRL lads are a bit nuttier and they don't really care because they get paid so much more. But if they go and play in a World Cup, especially the, the t- like players for the Cook Islands England and other players that want to play for their country, they're not going to want to get, like, crazy hurt. Yeah. I see what you're so, saying. Like, there's no, no real good that can come from that information if you're a, a player trying to prepare for a grand final. Yeah. It's just a disruption, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's really, really interesting to see. It's going to be... Well, as soon as... Obviously, as they get announced, we can do small chats on, on all of them. And as, as they sort of come out, we can, we can do sort of... This team has had this announced, this team has had this announced, etc. And we can, we can sort of pick apart the teams once those are done. We need to move on. It's, it's getting late, and I, I need to go watch <laughs> Great, Great British Bake Off. Um, it's time for... I don't think we've got anything else to talk about actually before set six. Uh, uh, we were going to mention the bands, but I think I've, we're kind of really a little bit short on time. Really quickly, the point, the soup, point is that it's a shame that they get carried over to the World Cup. Yeah, it's a big big shame, but you can understand why they've done it. It makes sense. Like if they're going to play, if they're going to be thugs, especially Jared Warrior, I can I love it for Jared Warrior at Hargreaves because I don't think he does. I think. A thug act like that deserves to miss games, and if he's not going to miss games until twenty twenty three, he's going to he's going to do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He'd rather miss the first two games of the season than World Cup games, but he knows he's done. He's been a silly boy, and he's going to miss group <laughs> games. Do you know what I mean? He's he's, he's a liability. He's on the naughty step. Yeah, he's on the naughty step, and I think you're looking at Morgan Knowles, you're looking at John Bateman. These lads have done the same thing for England, and do you know what I mean it's, it's yeah. the same Like they deserve to be missed games because of the things that they've done yes some of the bands might be a little bit harsh especially in this country look at Reese Martin for example like he's going to pretend he's he's lucky because he's this is his second band he's going to miss no he's back this week sorry so he missed the semi-final he's going to be back this week but if that was a two match band or a three match band he'd have missed this week but then he'd be alright for the World Cup it's like 
Yeah. If we want all of our players to be playing in the the grand final. Yeah, but... it's just hard because like if you're if you're a team that's like made it to the grand final and then you're going to play for a World Cup team that's got all these like mm. warm up games, then you've got like matches to spare. Yeah. World Cup. Whereas if you're playing for like I don't know if Samoa have a um, a warm up yeah, game. Yeah, the warm up game is I believe against England. So John Bateman is set to be banned for three to four matches. He's been named in the England night squad. They have that, yeah. Not, not all the all these other not all these other nations have an, an like. I believe they have a. I believe they have a war. I believe they have like one England nights or whatever. Yeah, um, like for warm up games or like other countries that are in the World Cup but not in their group sort of thing. Um, but I believe this is this is how I see the John Bateman thing. He's been banned for three to four games. It hasn't been a hundred percent confirmed. I don't think mm. he has now been named in the England Knights squad because he's been named in that squad. The two England Knights fixtures that they have uh, against Ireland and I believe someone else, they yeah. will count as games that he will miss due to his ban because he's in the squad. Because he's been named in the squad before he's been given the official ban. So he that means he will only miss the England... And if he's then named in the England World Cup squad as well, he will also miss the, the, warm -up, the England warm-up game against Fiji. I believe it's against Fiji. I might be totally wrong. So if he's banned for three matches, he doesn't miss any of the World Cup because of those because of those warm up games and the England Knights games that England yeah. have set up. If he it's has a four, if he has a four game ban, he will only, he will miss one game because he was never going to play the Knights games anyway. He would have played the warm up game, so fair that is a ban. But he will only miss the game against Samoa. If he has a three game ban and he as he and he plays against Samoa. I'm not complaining because I think that's a real, well done. You fiddled your own system. Do you know what I mean? The RFL have fiddled their own system. They give him a free match ban, and he's not been back, and he's not actually missed any proper games. Like that's how I see it. It's brilliant. As an England fan, as an England fan, I love it because we're going to get John Bateman, and I think he, he we need him for everyone. We need him for that Samoa game. If he, get, if he gets a four match ban, what's the point in naming him in them squads? Just let him miss the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? Like. Like, you make your mind up whether you want him or you don't, because we need him for game one, end of. Yeah, yeah. Right. But we, we, we should probably talk about this more, probably after the final, because there's yeah. there's likely to be more discussions on, like, discipline after the final. There's always some, like, go back to the like the, the, the major final. Like, you look at Ben Flower and his punch on Lance Ohio. There's been some yeah. seriously big tackles put in and, and serious injuries, but it's set of six time. We need to go. Yeah, um, I've got this written out. Current scores: Robin on seventy-seven, myself on seventy-five, Toby catching up on seventy. He had a massive week. He could, he could, if you and me get zero, be top if he gets a hundred percent. That is like uh, after the Super League Grand Final. That is absolutely Late ridiculous. Charge. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. He has an absolutely great week. Um, first game, Southern Conference League final this Saturday: London Chargers versus West Warriors. Toby's gone for West. I'm going to go for London Chargers. They are just a cut above the rest. Yeah, I I will copy you in your knowledge. <laughs> I know we, we uh, the West Warriors. You you were raving about them early in the year in the World Cup in the um, Challenge the Cup. Challenge. Yeah, both of these teams, Challenge Cup teams, run run decent teams close, but Chargers haven't lost the game all year. And the only team that haven't beaten Chargers, sorry, the only team that. Um, the Wests have lost to have, have been the Chargers this year. Yeah. Other than like walkover fixtures, I think. Uh, like they might have given away earlier in the year. But yeah, right. Char Chargers for me, like 
They've got a former League One in uh, Malachi Lloyd Jones in there in the front row. Uh, Eric Sims, Adam Sim, like these guys in the halves, absolutely ridiculous. Like they are, they are really well drilled, and half their Aussies will go home this year, but that doesn't matter. Um, and half the West New Zealand lads will go home, and they'll get new ones come in. Doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. NRL semi final number one: North Queensland versus Parramatta. I I can't see past Parramatta for this. Like they have been absolutely unbelievable the last few weeks. Yeah, they are. They've been men. I I really like Dylan Brown. I think he's like really coming into form. Um, but still, like that Cowboys team, this somehow they're still pulling out these like massive performances. And yeah. I, like that squad, I still don't see how they've done it. I, you know, we really did not see this coming. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go on like recent form and just how awesome that Parramatta side has been over the last couple of weeks. Uh, next up, next semi-final, Penrith Panthers versus South Sydney. I think this is the toughest one to call here. Uh, Toby's gone for Penrith. Um, I want to go for Penrith, and but I also want to go for South. I'd love to see South win it from seventh or eighth or however low they are. Like, I'd love to see them win it from this from seventh. So for that, I'm just going to go South on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't write off Penrith. They've got just like quality throughout the squad. Like that. Um, I I like South. I don't know. This is this is like a grand final, isn't it? Yeah, it is. This was what I thought this would be the grand final. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Penrith, but like wow, I can't wait to watch that. Uh, this one's really easy for me. Lee at home versus York after the result a few weeks ago. I I really can't look past Lee on this one. I'm afraid, man. No, I it's fine. Like we we shouldn't even be playing this game anyway. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, of course I I think we've got badly. Like they they this whole their whole season has been building towards this last couple of games. And yeah. So um, they they are like the unstoppable force of the championship. And yeah. I don't think York have got it in them to beat them. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, Fev versus Batley. Really quickly, the the um. This Man of Steel Awards is just about to be announced, but Fev um, versus uh, Batley in that game. I've got Fev. But yeah, I'll, I'll go for Fev as well. Exactly the same with Lee. I just that's what they're here to do, and they they've had a week off to prepare for it, and yeah, they're gonna smash it. Yeah, uh, and with the grand final, it's obviously Saints versus Leeds. You get a point for winning, picking the winner. You get a point for correct margin, and you get another point for picking the correct score. So there's a total of three points available for this one. So I need a team and a score. Um, just so you know, uh, Toby went for West Warriors, Parramatta Reels, Penrith Panthers, Lee Centurions, Featherson uh, Rovers, and then he's gone Leeds Rhinos by twelve points to four. That's his. That's his thingy. So I don't know where you're going with it. I think this is going to be tough. I think. Saints with no Knowles, Leeds back fit but with injuries. Very, 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 very interesting. Um, I, I, for me, I don't think you can write off the Saints, and I think they're going to go four in a row. And I'm going to go eighteen ten. So it's eight. My it's eight points. So, but it's it's the it's the other way. Yeah, I. 
Oh, I just uh, I don't know, mate. I I have I'll be honest. I haven't actually prepared for this, so I'm just trying to work out in my head what's going to happen. Uh, we haven't really spoke about it today, and I think that just goes to show yeah. the, the quality of rugby league that we've we've got on this weekend, and we've had the last few weekends and the week the yeah. two weeks that we've been talking about. And I I like this. I am so excited for this grand final. I, I, Leeds is a team that some years I love them and some years I hate them. And I like this team this year. I, I think they played really well against Wigan. Um, yeah, and it's good. Like I feel like if anyone can knock the Saints off their like four consecutive wins, yeah, it's it's Leeds who they just like hate. Can, be, can I just point out? Like I think one of our earlier episodes, we spoke yeah. about Leeds in. Re- I think it was called Rhinos Relegation <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, like that is absolutely ridiculous. I think I'm just I'm gonna go and find it now. I think it was like episode two or three. It was like called yeah, Rhinos relegation or something, and it was just like. I was going to mention this actually because this I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna like be a bit bit smug about this one, um it, it's partly true but at, right at the start of the year when we did our predictions I I was saying oh Leeds will come second this year, and I know that obviously in the table they didn't come second but technically I was right because they literally gone. <laughs> yeah down, so yeah no I agree yeah so I'm gonna. I'm going to claim that and say I saw it coming the whole time. So we said Barrow were in Dreamland and that stuck. They made the playoffs. Well done to Barrow. Like, massive. We weren't, we yeah. weren't expecting that. But episode seven, Leeds relegation battle. <laughs> like, what? We obviously had an absolute shocker. I need to find the league table and we'll go through that, obviously, next week and everything. But yeah, that is yeah. crazy. Like, are you... So, for this, are you going Leeds or are you going Saints? Like... Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I literally... I don't know. I think my head says saints but it's just leeds rhinos isn't it oh do you know what? i'll go with the result that i want to see because i'm, I'm sat here delaying trying to come up with my answer and i okay. can't i generally can't pick it so i think that leeds will start well and catch saints off guard because that's what they seem to do yeah Saints will turn it on get a roll on and it'll be like saints chasing down the lead but i think that leeds will hold out because they've just got it in them Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be twenty four twenty two. Twenty four twenty two. You do realise points don't get scored in a grand final, right? You know that, like. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, twenty four twenty two. Four tries. I. I, I think four tries four each. Tries. Um, yeah. So there's no Morgan Knowles. There's no Aiden Caesar. Um, James Bentley was cited by the match review panel, by the way, and nearly missed the grand final. <laughs> yeah, was, they were never going to let that happen. Like, imagine he got, imagine James Bentley got banned again. Like we would have been chatting absolutely. I would have just been going off because he is such a liability. Like I put in the chat, and I, I don't know what I put in the chat. I was just like, I think I just put Bentley is so soft because he was just getting <laughs> absolutely battered out there. Um, but yeah, with C- Caesar obviously out as well. I said with Caesar out, it's Newman return at centre, Hardacre to full back, Milo to half alongside Austin. Newman's not playing either. So I think Caesar and, and no Newman, that's a huge loss for Leeds as well. Mm. Like you yeah, take those two really key players out, and I think that, that's a problem. But no, potentially eight points up for grabs. Uh, the Super League awards are just about to be done. We're not going to have time to sort of discuss those. Really quickly, out of Brody Croft. Jai Field and is it Jack Wellsby? Yeah, I believe. Who for you? 
wins if it wins that award? For me, I I like to see a player that sort of brought something different and has been exciting to watch. And for me, that's Jeff Jeffield. Um, I know that he didn't they didn't get the job done for Wigan. They didn't make it to the grand final, but they did get that Challenge Cup earlier on in the year. And I think that they, um, you know, there's a bit of uncertainty around when uh, Lamb left and they got the new coach that was yeah. a bit of an unknown. And I just think he's like stepped up and like led his team, brought a different style. Yeah. Um, it's that like touch rugby inspired sort of like ad lib, really exciting attack. Um, so for me, I, I'd like to pick him. But then saying that, he's an Aussie, so maybe I would go Wellesby. Yeah, I think with Wellesby getting obviously young man, like a young player of the year, most likely I don't see it being anyone else. I mean, I think Morgan Gannon's in there, and I think that's massive because he's going to miss the he's going to miss the grand final as well for Leeds. And for me, he was a, he was a like I think he's going to be in the England squad, especially with Wormsley being out. I thought mm. okay, Wormsley's out, bring Morgan Gannon in, da, 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 whatever. But if him missing the final as well, Leeds are going to struggle with injuries. Um, Morgan Gannon being in there. Like missing that, being in that young one, one of those young players winning it. With Wellesby for me, wings young player, but I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't mind Brody Croft winning, winning it. Like he has played absolutely yeah. unbelievably for yeah, Salford towards the end of this it, season. He has think, done. Toby will be chuffed because he was excited to see him. Oh yeah, I think year. I think if you ask Toby this question, he goes Brody Croft. Like no, yeah. no doubt. I think it is a very, very tough, tough answer, but. Oh, I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. I think Jayfield does walk away with it, but I I don't think I could. I don't think I'd complain if it was Croft. I don't think it should be Wellsby, but no. also I I think you you'd be okay if it was Croft as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's just how I see it. Um, and also quickly before we go there, massive massive congratulations to to Peter Metaltia because he has won the. Um, Spirit of Super League Award, Lock Lomond Spirit of Super League Award. So, yeah, um, very, very, yeah. So this is, is the award is bestowed upon someone who ept, uh, epitomizes the values of the sport, but also goes above and beyond what is expected of them as a professional sportsman. Uh, so he received his reward as recognition for his support of the local chair charity community integrated care as an ambassador of its learning support Super League program and backing for their work to change lives of people with access care and support he started working for the charity in 2019 helping to launch the first season of the community integrated care learning disability super league attending training sessions and helping to host an end of season celebration for players at the betfred super league grand final he generously shared his time and skills to kickstart the groundbreaking program his support of the charity has continued including during the first lockdown in 2020 a time when many people who access social care were unable to be with their loved ones so that's mint. That is actually yeah. mint. Like, that is impressive. Yeah. Is that a full fire alarm going off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well spotted. <laughs> I won't ask. I won't ask. It's late for dinner, but oh Jesus, it's definitely late if the fire alarm's going off. So one thing I will say though about the Loch Lomond spirit of the game yeah. is how rubbish is it that we're trying to celebrate someone for doing something great for the community, yet we're accepting an alcohol to, do you know what I mean? Alcohol sponsorship, something that is li- literally like the root cause of like countless evil, crime. Yeah, like the root of the root of ninety percent of the world's evil is, is alcohol. Yeah, 
Like, that is properly rubbish. Like, could we not find anybody else to, like, endorse that one? <laughs> um, that one award. But still, it doesn't take away from the fact that he's done a great job and that, that should be, like, celebrated more. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. No, uh, massive shout out, well done, uh, Peter Matazio. I think you're an, an amazing player and you obviously yeah. do a lot more off the field than some people give you give you credit for. And a massive, and like a lot of the Warrington players do do a lot of work for him. So, but but no, for me, I think Joe Field wins um, Super League Man of Steel, and for me, I think Caitlin Bieber's. Uh, I believe if she is, is she been nominated? I don't actually know. Um, I thought the grand final, but she she was um, yeah after the grand final for the for the grand. So Georgia Roach is in there mm. of Leeds. Jodie Cunningham and Amy Hardcastle. Uh, for me, then I think it's I don't really know. I don't think any of them played particularly well, and I've not really watched a lot of them. Um, maybe Jodie Cunningham then will probably win it, or Georgia Roach, which then. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. That's a difficult one because I, I, hasn't Jody Cunningham been out for a, like a few injuries? Yeah, she's so been out for a while. Yeah, Georgia Roach. But then it, in that case, then I think you look at Hardcastle and go, probably going to be her. Yeah. Uh, with with obviously the injuries and stuff that's happened, so be really interesting to see who wins that one. Uh, oh, sorry, there's six names on there. Sorry, you've got Cunningham, Holly Dodd, Amy Hardcastle, Sinead Peach, Georgia Roach, and Tara Jane Stanley. I think actually after watching, yeah. I, I think you look at that, and I think Sinead Peach wins comes away with that. Yeah, like so, Holly Dodd is actually an awesome. Yeah, player. she played fantastically well at the weekend. Yeah, and she is so so dangerous in short range. Like she can run a, a line and just cut through the defense, and not a single person's touched her. Um. So yeah, like she's exciting. Tara Jane Stanley obviously exciting. We've already spoken about her, but Sinead Peach is actually. The, the driving force for York Knights. Yeah. She's she's so good at organising in the middle. Her delivery is excellent and she's co she constantly puts us on the front foot from the play of the ball. Yeah. Um she got the only try for us in the grand final. Um I like I would I'll, I'll be honest, when you told those first three names, I I was surprised that I didn't hear um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, there was there was six names. Uh, before we go quickly back to the yeah. John Bateman uh, John Bateman will, will miss the start of the World Cup after receiving a three-match suspension for his red card against Leeds. Bateman will serve his first match when England Knights play France B on October the 2nd. The second will be in the senior side's World Cup warm-up against Fiji five days later. And the third and final suspended game will be the World Cup opener against Samoa on October the 15th. He will be free to return for the rest of the tournament. Sean Wayne will submit his 24-man squad by Saturday, but will only be unveiled to the public on September the 30th. So, oh. yeah, so we probably need to have a little bit of a, a chat. We probably need to do a podcast next week. So, you lucky folks, we will do our best to probably sit down. And you'll probably find we'll do them a lot more frequently and there'll be little shorter episodes a lot more frequently now that the season's finished and the World Cup's coming up. Um, it's yeah, just an there's, idea. There's so, much, there's there's so much to talk about. You'll probably find we do loads of little sort of pods here and there and everything else. So, yeah. Um, for Morgan Knowles, he has obviously got a two match ban. The first of those games will be the final, uh, which is obviously this Saturday. Uh, they haven't appealed it. Sorry, they uh, they did. Sorry, they did. They did appeal it, but there was no increase. England play Fiji at Salford on October the 2nd. If he is named in the squad, uh, that will be the second bounce. So Morgan Knowles will be free to play the World Cup. 
because uh, he's only got a two match ban. So cool. So very very. I think that's good news for England. I mean, those two players missing one game between them. I don't think you can be that bad at all. I don't think that's that's bad at all, really. Yeah. So, but let's close it off. An hour and forty three minutes in, with recording. We'll be back next week. All right, we'll be back next week. I'll tell you now, we'll be back next week. I don't care if Derby are playing on Tuesday. Me and Robin will definitely be here to discuss <laughs> everything that needs to be discussing. And we'll be back every week between now and the end of the World Cup. I don't care. We'll, we'll have to do it because there's just so much to do. Um, I've been, We've been a Biff. I've been Bradley. That's been Robin. Once again, sorry you couldn't see us today. Discord is being an absolute nightmare. Um, we'll, we'll discuss how we move on from this privately and we'll let you know once we've made a decision on that. But everyone have a wonderful week. If you're there on Saturday at the uh, the Super League Grand Final and you see me uh, and you know what I look like, don't be afraid to come and say hello. Go and check out the London League Grand Final from the week we've just had. What an absolute cracker. And go and enjoy your weekend. So have an absolutely wonderful weekend. And enjoy the World Cup, everybody. We'll all see you next week. Have a good one. See ya.